And we are live. Welcome back. Let. What are you doing with your microphone? I was just readjusting it. Oh, this is what I heard. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know that's. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I probably shouldn't have done that. We are live. Welcome back. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, good sir. I'm excited for this weekend, Blake, but at the same time, I am dreading this Notre Dame-USC game. It is... I, I want to throw the expectations out the window, so I'm not stressed by it, but I don't think I can. I, I feel like this is going to be not a very fun game to watch for me. Even though you're, we're, we're probably both, I think we're both picking them, but I don't think this but is going to. You're picking them because you're a fan. I am picking them because yeah. I think they can. They're going to win. See, that's that has I'm, me even more worried. That has me even more worried. I'm beating you in picks. I'm I'm on a hot streak, buddy. I'm Something's at sixty. Usually, I'm at sixty-five percent in the last four weeks. What are you talking about? If you're picking Notre Dame specifically, something's wrong. So, like, so, something's not adding up. That's my point. <laughs> why, not in my favor. Why do you say that? Dr Drunk Vig Vigo makes a really good point. I think you're just doing it to troll me. I, I think you're just trying to do it to make me feel good, get my hopes up. You're trying to get my hopes up so I feel I feel they have a chance, and then it's just all going to come crashing down after that game. That's not what I'm doing. I don't believe you. You know what I'm doing it for? Let me tell you why I'm doing it. USC is 109th in total defense. They're 130th in the 130th in the country, which is dead last in explosive plays. They're 90th in the country in rush defense, 113 in passing yards allowed at 74th on third down. Do I need anything else? Well, we could pull up Notre well, Dame's offensive numbers. Like no, 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 no. The thing is, and this is what I think the conversation is going to be about later is if we pull up Notre Dame's offensive numbers specifically over the last three games, not from when they played bad teams, they're dumpster fire bad. They are horrendously terrible. So it could be that get-right game for, for SC's defense. That's what I'm well, worried about. Or Notre Dame has faced three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back top 25 defenses. Okay, people don't realize Louisville's the number 17th total defense in the country. That is Duke true. is in is in the top twelve, and Ohio State's in the top five. So maybe, arguably, they just face the toughest stretch in college football, and nobody is willing to admit it. See, I do not go into these. I don't go into these um, picks. I, I, I'm uh -huh. not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. Okay. Can, can I just say, I don't that think I would ever me? tell me you're proud of me. I'm not proud of you. I'm more so. I don't think I ever would have seen the day that you would have not made an excuse, but supported Notre Dame in a time of, of struggle after the, the Louisville game, you you're coming on here and you're providing context for why they've been struggling. I, I don't think I never would have thought that I would have ever heard you say something so supportive of the fighting Irish until today. But let me just tell you. What? This comes at a price. Uh, there we go. Okay. If you let me down today, this weekend, Notre Dame, I am permanently banning Notre Dame on this show. We can't do that. We, we just can't. <laughs> Ed, editorially, 
we can't do that because Notre Dame is one of the most driving conversation mm-hmm. points on this show. So no, I am vetoing that. You can stay silent for 20 minutes and I can talk about them and then we can go move on to the next topic maybe. I will veto them. We will play rock, paper, scissors. And right, we fair. will veto them. It, you know what? We fair. will spend all Notre Dame talk for a week. Well, that works because I think they have their buy after this game. So sure. Let's well, <laughs> here's the truth. There's no other team in the country that has faced four ranked opponents in four straight weeks. Yes. yes. Okay. So listen. I'm not here to sugarcoat. I'm not here to be biased. I'm here to tell the facts and nothing but the truth. So help me God in the name of the father and the son and Catholic Jesus. But it's the truth. Nobody in the country has faced four ranked teams. I told you, if you do remember, I told you four weeks ago when this stretch was going on, if you Mm -hmm. might remember a month ago, almost to the day that this stretch if they go three and one, they should be in the top five. I, we talked about that at nauseum, and I got I got, Joe. I had Notre Dame's coming after fans coming after me saying, "What like what are we talking? That would be a massive accomplishment." The game that I had you losing was Ohio State, and then winning the next three. I didn't think it would you would be potentially two and two here. Well, okay, but. <sighs> I agree with what you're saying, and I do give you credit for saying that. They have had a really difficult stretch. This is the hardest stretch of their season, especially now that they're playing USC. Right. But the problem now is that the game that they lost is that they won- the one that they shouldn't have lost. That would have been a nice feather in the cap to say, hey, look how we played. Look how we've performed, and we could easily beat a ranked opponent. But instead, they laid a fat egg, and they got they got dunked on. We'll plain and simple. So now there's a bad taste in her mouth. That's what she said. We also be talking about here tonight. North. <laughs> I almost made it through. That's also what she said. Oh my god! We also talk about <laughs> UNC in Miami. I yes. Another bounce back game. Another team that has a historic has a very bad loss the week before. I think both of them get back right. I do, but we'll talk about UNC and Miami. Also, Tennessee, the big orange balls in Texas mm. A&M. The last time that these teams played, I'm just going to throw this at you, the running back on Tennessee, do you want to know his name? Alvin wait. Kamara. Oh, wait, really? The last time they played was that yes. long ago? Yes. Well, it's a yeah. sneaky good matchup, though. It's, it's going to be a fun game if things go according Missouri to plan. Missouri was in the SEC for 10 years before LSU played them. SEC scheduling is one of the weirdest things to me. Well, it will yeah, never make sense. It's eight years. Yeah, it was eight years. Still, that's pretty nuts. Nuts. So we'll talk about Tennessee and A&M, and then we'll do our picks. But, we, you know, Joe, I'm just going to throw this out there. There's a new leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're up by one pick. You're up by one pick. It's comeback week, baby. They said it couldn't be done. You said I could not and would not come back and take the lead. The problem is, Blake, is that we've had too many similar picks, and then there's been like a couple different ones that that has helped you build this lead. This week I'm going full, full, uh, full attack here full aggressive mode 
and I'm going against the grain with a bunch of my picks, and I think they're all going to hit. Eight no well, week, baby. The problem, the problem from you is, is that you're just too young, and you don't, you're not mature enough. You shouldn't nope. have. You, this is you're too early in the season to be doing that. You should be. No, I mean, I try. I'm trusting my gut. That's you said. You started trusting your gut. I'm trusting my gut. That's where I'm going with these picks. Well, your guts probably filled with bold eggs. Anyway, <laughs> we got a lot to discuss here. Let's not waste any more time before in doing that. We got a lot to discuss. Everybody do us a favor and hit the like and share. Share to all those social media groups if you're on Facebook. Continue to help us grow on the book. If you're watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good, good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. Notre Dame, USC. I think Joe's going to be impressed by what I got to say. We do that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. And you know what? I do think that Notre Dame does get back to their winning ways this week. Joe, I agree with all the Notre Dame fans. Your offense is not good right now. It's not dynamic enough. You have a problem at your with your OC. I don't think he's good enough to bring you to the places that you ultimately want to go. But that doesn't matter this week. Because if there is a get-right game and a get-right defense that you can do it against, it's the USC Trojans. Now, just for anybody that's just joining us or if you're watching the video clip on YouTube, I don't tr- as much as I don't trust you and uh, uh, Notre Dame's offense, I royally do not trust South, South California's defense. 109th in total defense. Uh, Joe, they are dead last in the country in explosive plays, plays 20 yards or more. Not even Colorado. Not even Colorado has more explosive, you know, defensively given up more explosive plays. 70th in rush defense, 113th in passing yards allowed, and 74th on third down conversions. This Mm. styles make fights. Styles make fights. And you know what Notre Dame is going to – what they always do. We're going to line up and run the football. And we're going to pound it with uh, Estime. We're going to get Love involved. We're going to pound the rock. And it is going to break USC. They have a young middle linebacker in Tackett Curtis who is not ready for this smoke and this action. He is going to be a good player. I think he'll be a good player. He's not ready for this weekend. But you know what the only thing more than the offense that worries me for the Fighting Irish? How beat up are you? 
How mm. how can you can your pride show me something? Because you know what, Joe, I, I look at this team and say, man, some of these running plays against Louisville, some of these running plays that you had against Duke, some of these running plays that you had against Ohio State, it's man on man. Mono e mono zone blocking schemes get to the second level, and Joe they couldn't beat. I, I flat out the right guard I don't know his name, but I'm watching the film today, and I'm like they got an issue at right guard. They have a massive issue at right guard. There, there's no denying that. They're going to keep the ball away from Caleb Williams, and they're going to give up some points. But as a overall team, an overall team, Notre Dame is better. Okay, so I have two ways that I'm looking at this game. I have my fan view as a Notre Dame fan, why I'm optimistic. And then I have the realistic outlook and how I think this game is actually going to play out. The Notre Dame fan take is very heavily in line with you just talked about there. USC is a bottom feeder in college football defensively. They're not stopping anyone, and if you pull up the tape, they're not tackling, they're not rallying to the football. It's the same thing over and over again that we've said on a weekly basis. And that favors Notre Dame this weekend on the road in Indiana with presumably potentially bad weather, there's a possibility for it to rain. That all favors Notre Dame that they're going to run the ball, keep the ball out of the hands of Caleb Williams, and try to control time of possession. I also think statistically one thing that really stands out to me is that Notre Dame is actually, this is a big misconception with Notre Dame, they're actually 18th in yards per reception. They are one of the most explosive offenses when it comes to picking up long passing plays. The problem is, is they're just not connecting on a consistent clip. That's what's leading to the interceptions. Guys aren't getting open enough. A lot of issues have happened in the passing game, but when they do connect, it hmm. does lead to long splash plays. I think that does set up in favor for Notre Dame to create some of those long plays that they haven't been able to get going up against a very porous secondary. But my realistic take is Notre Dame statistically and also on film as one of the weakest front sevens. They're 108th in team sacks, 118th in team tackles for loss. They're just not generating pressure. In rush defense. Which is great. But well, I don't, team tackles I don't think it is. Wait. Well, okay. It's not. Yes. My point is with that, though, going up against a historically dominant player in terms of improvising in Caleb Williams, I just don't think that they've got the speed on uh, off the edge or an outside linebacker to rally to the football to take him down. You could cover perfectly all day against these receivers. Caleb Williams is going to find a way to beat you. And it happened last year. They covered really well. He danced. He danced. Somebody eventually got open. He connected, they moved the ball. And that was what killed them. I'm very fearful of that. Realistically, I don't think that that sets Notre Dame up for success because athlete on athlete at those specific position groups is going to kill them. That's a, that's where I'm at with both these. I agree with you on the explosive play theory for Notre Dame offensively. Mm -hmm. You're not I, – I, I will continue to say this. You're not good enough on the outside. You're not, not for where you want to be. Okay, yes. you're just, you're just not. I don't. I think you're an average team on the outside. You look. I love a good tight end. I do. Mitchell Evans. I, I'm just going to be real. I, 
don't kill me on this. He's having a better season than Brock Bowers is. The catches and the stuff that he's doing is ridiculous. And he's been doing it for a couple of games now against tougher competition. Four or three top 25 defenses in a row. Mitchell Evans went for over 100 last week. I promise I don't, you. I don't. I don't totally. I. Uh, I Brock don't totally Bowers agree with that. Hold on. Brock Bowers okay. was invincible the la- the first three weeks, four weeks of the season. It's been okay. the last right, two I'll weeks. Con- I'll concede that. Okay. I, holistically, Mitchell Evans has been having a better overall year. I don't need you to hit explosive plays through the air. I need you to be competent, and you're going to be able to get yards through the air, Joe. That there's not a discussion. There's yards to be had for you in the air. But it's really going to be a massive theme for me on this show tonight. Run the football. If you got to run that hoe 50 times, run it. Because what it does, Joe, it keeps Caleb Williams off the field with the new clock rules that the clock's going to just tick, 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 tick. And you can run the ball on them. They are horrible at defending the run. Joe, they're 90th in the country. And by the way, they just had to go into triple overtime against Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Now, Arizona might be better defensively than we're giving them credit for because they also took Washington to the wire. They also – Yeah, wait, wait. Okay. You got to give Arizona some credit when you're taking Washington down to the wire – you're taking USC in overtime, and then you go on the road in the SEC and also go into overtime there, okay? You have to. But you know whose defense is and team overall is better than Arizona? Wait for it. You ready? Notre Dame. They have looked porous. And you know what else, Joe? I'm watching Colorado-USC today, and I'm like, I am gonna give, I'm going to give USC every benefit of the doubt here. What is the biggest complaint that you said about Dion in Colorado this year? They don't run they the can't football. run the ball. They can't run yeah. the ball. Joe, they were running all over their ass. You mean to tell me that if Colorado can run up and down the field in LA, up and down the field, but look like a damn circus, that Notre Dame at home at night can't win. There is a reason where they're a the three-point favorite. And let me tell you the reason. Because they know that this team is going to go in there and bully the hell out of USC. USC is flawed. They are a Caleb Williams injury away from being blown out. And you know what else, Joe? Every single team worth a damn. Even average teams. Tulane a year ago. Arizona, Colorado. Joe, they beat their ass up front. So you're going to have to convince me as a logical human being that Notre Dame at home at night, right? That game's at night, isn't it? It is, yeah. Give me the Irish, dude, because I think Audric Audric might go for for 200. I'm serious. I am I, I am not fanboying on that. He if he doesn't go for 150, I'd be shocked. I'd really really be shocked. Uh, First of all, 
I do want to bring this, but I'm, I'm, I'm being annoying resurfer, resurfacing this. You give Washington all this shit for the way that they played against Arizona. I really think that Arizona is a lot better of a team than people have given them credit for, for the way that they played with a true freshman quarterback in multiple games to play teams as close as they did. I think that Arizona is a pretty good team. They're not, they're not better than Notre Dame. I'm not trying to bring that up for that reason. I'm just reiterating a point from the last show that I did not bring up that I wish I did. But you know what? You know what those other teams did that Washington didn't? What? Score more than 31 points. Okay. We're not we're done talking uh-huh. about Washington. We're done uh, talking well, about you Washington. Brought it I still, up, I, you, I you still think it, that you brought it up. That's like you, it, you're was, in a it was well, it, 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 what? You're in a relationship, right? Yes. Well, let me tell you what, what happens when you get married. Okay, can I tell you? What? You do something stupid. You then Trust me, you're going to do something stupid. And then two weeks later, your wife brings it up to you, okay, and she's got all the material to lay it, lay it, to smack it down on your candy ass, okay? You just try to poke the bear, and the bear bit back. I, I'm, I'm bringing it back up because you and also everyone in the freaking comments are like, Oh, everybody brings up the Texas Tech game. Arizona's a better team than Texas Tech. So I don't I didn't like, you know, that comparison being brought up. I'm moving past that though. I'm very concerned still with Caleb Williams and his capabilities be. in this game. You I'm very be. I'm very I'm very very afraid of what he can do. And it's been brought up somebody said it earlier if this comes down to a shootout, if USC goes up two scores, if they go up two scores, Notre Dame's out of the football game. They cannot score that. quickly enough to climb back into it. They have to go score for score with them. You don't have to. Wait, 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 wait. They, I'm not saying that they need to go shootout mode with them. But every time they score, they need to have some type of a response. They need to grind the clock out, move the ball on a long drive, get in a position, put points on the board. No more of these field goals. No more being soft. Be aggressive. But again, to reiterate the issue with the weather, I think that, that that is really important to talk about that might not get brought up. When was the last time USC played in the rain? It is going to be 50 degrees, and there is a 70% chance of rain right now with 90% humidity. Which bodes very bad for Caleb Williams, who does not play yes. in those conditions. I don't know the last time that they've ever played in rain. And people love to do the... Oh, well, growing up, I'm sure he's played in the rain. If you're not used to doing it on a week-to-week basis, it's not the same thing. I've played in torrential downpours before. This is not a torrential downpour. But trying to play with a wet ball when you haven't had any prep for it the week leading up is daunting as shit. It is very frustrating when you're playing center, when you're playing quarterback, when you're playing you're a kicker, punter, snapper, when you're a receiver – all of those things at positions where you're touching the ball every so often, pretty frequently, that ball is going to pop out. And they're going around, dicking around at practice, spraying the, the punt returns with a with a water spray. That's not going to do anything. That doesn't prepare you. Turn the sprinklers on if you really want to cause some problems for people. Did you see that video that I'm talking about? I, I did see that video. So That's stupid. so stupid. It, it's like the everyone lost their mind over when Dion was uh, – was playing the 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 crowd noise at practice, and everyone's like, "Wow, look at this extra level of preparation." That's not going to do anything. That's not how you get prepared for the weather. So, listen, I'm going to bring this up because this is a game that I did look at, and I think Eric could be right here. He mm-hmm. said, "I think that this could be 2017 Notre Dame versus USC." I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's that lopsided because of Caleb Williams. 
I don't know if you're going to keep them below 30. I really don't. But I don't think they're going to keep you below 30 either. I, I really don't. And you know, the identity, Joe, of this Notre Dame team is running the football. I know that you got Sam Hartman. You got to get Sam Hartman to the break. You got to get Sam Hartman to the bye week because they're not good enough right now. They're not. So I don't need you to try to hit these explosive plays. I need you to get me eight to 12 yards on every reception. Don't try to hit the 20 yard bombs. If they show you a coverage to do it, okay, fine, whatever. Run the clock, tick, 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 tick. Run the ball with estimate and love, and you're going to be fine. I promise you. Joe, they're not – USC's defense is not good enough. They're yeah. not. And this Notre, I, team, this Notre Dame team is better than a year ago. It doesn't feel like clear, right now. Yes. How crazy it's would it be like, if Drew Pine went 9-3 and three and Sam Hartman Sam comes Harman in? Did worse. Yeah. Well, I, his Didn't Drew Pine throw for like 250 and like three scores last year? In this game, yeah, yeah but he also had, he made a couple backbreaking mistakes. I, I'm I still don't think Drew Pine was very good. I know this might get painted by USC fans as us saying that this is like a, a lock for for Notre Dame to win. I don't think that's the case, but again, I'm starting to see more and more why my fan side, why I'm very optimistic, and why I think that that ND can win this game. It's also out there on film how a similar style team can beat USC. And I'm talking about the first time Utah played USC. When, not when Caleb Williams got hurt. And the they first ran the time when it was, right at him. It was very high scoring. There was a very good tight end named Dalton Kincaid who had 200 receiving yards in that game. And they Mitchell fed him. Says hello. They ran the ball. If they know how to – if they, I would just go back, pull up that tape, and just rewatch the shit out of that. And I would pull as many different things from that game tape and I would just use it because they can't cover tight ends over the past couple of years, and they can't stop the run. You got to rely on both those things. You know the coordinator that I'm talking about when I say this. I was told that an SEC coach one time, okay, offensive coordinator, watched mm -hmm. a game against Alabama, okay, and ran the same plays in order that a team that they lost in, that they lost to, okay, and almost beat them. So to your point, I've seen, I've heard stories like now they're calling the plays that are remotely close to theirs. You know, they're calling, it's yeah. not the same plays, but you get what I'm saying. I do think, look, I'm taking Notre Dame. I think that Notre Dame is a favorite for a reason. I don't think Vegas loses money. Okay. They don't, they, their goal is not to lose money. So when that line came out, minus two, minus two and a half. I had to take a long, hard pause look at it and say, well, what did they see that I don't? And I think the truth is, is that USC couldn't stop the run or could not stop a bloody nose with a tampon. They can't, Joe, they are so, they're worse in my, in some areas, they are worse defensively this year than they were all of last year. I hope you're right. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I hope you're right. UNC and Miami. So North Carolina and Miami tee it up this week. So, Joe, here is another scenario. We just got done talking about Notre Dame and their loss to Louisville last week and how gut-wrenching that was. 
Nobody in the country or maybe even this year has a more gut-wrenching loss than Miami from last week because we all know by now they try to run the ball. They should have taken a knee. They didn't. Haynes King goes down the field, scores, and Georgia Tech wins the game. Now that North Carolina and Miami are playing each other this week, everybody's like, oh, Miami sucks. They're not any good. North Carolina, Drake May, you got Tess Walker back. Well, I got some news for you, buddy. Miami defensively is really freaking good. They're really freaking good in that front seven. Joe, they're the number one team in the country in rush defense. They're number 13 in the country in rush offense. So what does that tell me? They are really physical on both lines of scrimmage. You know who isn't offense? North Carolina's offensive line is in for a rude awakening if they think that they're not in for an outright dogfight this weekend against Miami. Here's the issue, though. They have a potential number two overall pick in Drake May that they're facing on Saturday. But I do wonder if Miami's front seven can get to Drake May and rattle him a little bit, kind of like what South Carolina did in week one, but Teams are so much different than they are in week one. But I don't think UNC has a prayer at running the football. The last three weeks, Hampton has been their leading rusher. 46 yards, 66 yards, and 78 yards. Now, the caveat to that is in one of the in two of those games, Drake May threw for over 400 yards, but when they're trying to put the game away against Syracuse a week ago, they couldn't run the football. Joe, their leading rusher had to get a 14-yard carry and then a 9-yard carry to get him to 78 yards with seconds ticking off the clock. Like, if they would have just kneeled the ball, so to speak, he would have been around 45, 50 rushing yards. It would have been three weeks in a row where you're under six, under 70 yards rushing from your leading guy. I think people are sleeping on Miami. I know Van Dyke. I get it. He had a bad game last week. But, Joe, I, I got to lean the Hurricanes on this one, man. I think their defense is going to be a little too much. Look, I think that what you've painted here, yes, the strengths for Miami, they're, they're obvious. You throw on the tape, and their offensive line gets pushed as soon as the ball snapped. They are creating wide open rushing lanes that they're able to just plow through opposing defenses Cheney and Parrish have been a really explosive running back duo they're they're picking up huge chunks of yards you know by the clip they've got some talented receivers and that defensive line Leonard Taylor and company I said this the last time they are freaking dangerous and they create so much penetration on a play-to-play basis UNC has to be gap sound they have to be assignment sound on their offensive line if they want to win this game but I really do think, and I said this the last show, and I got killed for it when I said leading into the Miami-Texas A&M game, that I criticized Tyler Van Dyke. And for a second, after he played really well against Texas A&M, I started to feel bad about saying that, that I jumped to a conclusion. (laughs) I'm sticking by what I said. Tyler Van Dyke is a a very, I'm going to be a little nicer here, a very average college quarterback. That when the scheme is opened up, and everything goes according to plan. The run game's working. He's got wide open receivers. He's going to play well. He's going to put up some nice stats. 
But what we saw against Georgia Tech is the really just horrible, bad version of Tyler Van Dyke. He yeah, is, I and I, this is my this is my new favorite thing to talk about with quarterbacks. He's got the Daniel Jones trait in him where he sits, he just the wheel starts spinning in his head, nothing's really working, nothing's really opening up. And you watch him deliver the ball late to cover guys. You watch him deliver the ball late to guys that were open to a defender that puts his arm up. I sent you a video of the all 22 angle of one of his interceptions. I don't know who the hell he thought he was going to throw it to. There were more defenders in the area than there were receivers. And it was blatantly picked off. I just think that for Didn't his balance, like he even ran the wrong route though, because that's a timing route. He's looking off the safety I, and then throwing it. Not all interceptions to, are made equally. I, I, okay. I understand that, but it's difficult for us to know if that was a incorrectly run route. So I'm going off of, and plus there's other, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt because if you watch the whole game, he made a lot of similar mistakes. My point is here, Fair. North Carolina's defense has improved significantly since last year. They are a lot better. And their secondary isn't elite, but it's strong. I really think that that secondary is in a position to where they don't need to be aggressive and send a ton of pressure, drop back, send a lot of put it, throw out a bunch of disguise coverages, try to confuse him. If he turns the ball over a couple times, I would trust Drake May enough to take advantage of those with short fields to put points on the board. Not saying you're slamming Miami. I think Miami's good, but I think that the advantage here in the head-to-head -head quarterback battle is pretty significant. Well, I would agree with you if the whole game was just played by the quarterbacks. Now, I, I will say that when you have evenly matched teams or somewhat evenly matched, I'm going quarterback. Who's the better quarterback? Who's the head, better head coach? I always do that. But this game's not evenly matched, in my opinion. I think Miami. See, I, don't, has I don't see why you see there's such a massive gap. Because I don't think Joe, where is. is the game close? Answer this question. Where's the game won? It's one in the trenches. Yes. Okay. And UNC ain't got nothing to stop them because I'm. Let me tell you what's going to happen here. You ready? You better clip it. Miami's O line is going to not look like what everybody else at UNC's played looks like. South Carolina is playing three freshmen, true freshmen, okay. off the bus. And they were, everybody's like, oh, they look so good. Well, no shit. They're playing three true freshmen on their offensive line. Syracuse, they can't even spell O-line. Okay? All right. All right, that's fair. That O-line is going to get serious push against UNC. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And why I think Drake May could have issues Mm -hmm. Miami's secondary is not putrid. They're not bad. Now, I, I would say no, it's a good secondary. They've got a couple NFL guys in that secondary. I've, I've have talked NFL dudes very highly secondary. of that group. Drake May potentially might not have any form of a running game. Maybe none. Joe, they're playing bad teams. Like, and I'm talking about really bad teams. Yeah, Syracuse, everybody's like, oh, they're undefeated. They're a good team, and they play Clemson and get their teeth kicked in. Well, then the next week, Clemson is in a dogfight with Wake Forest. A, a dogfight. They cannot run the football. And Drake May, I get to Syracuse 40-7, to whatever. Minnesota, he had to throw for 414. Pitt, he had to throw for over 300. And Pitt gave them a game, and I promise you, 
they could not run the ball. And they were trying they were trying everything they could to get yards on the ground, and they couldn't. This is the best front seven that UNC has played. The best front seven. It's the best O-line that they've played. And if you cannot run the ball on future teams, App State, if you cannot run the ball effectively enough, I promise you you're in for a rude awakening, bud. Now I, I don't – okay, wait, wait. Okay. The offensive line thing with talking about with Miami, I don't think that that really works in this conversation because if we watch the Georgia Tech film and we watch what he did – he has all the time in the world. And they ran the ball really well. They ran that's the ball my, really freaking well. That's my point. Blew, Tyler Van Dyke blew multiple drives with silly interceptions. If you put him in a position, that's why I'm saying prioritize stopping the pass. Let them run the ball. Let them do their thing. Prioritize stopping the pass. He's going to make a mistake eventually. That's the type of a guy that he is. That was the mistake, and it's even more on film, against Texas A&M. They went all out in stopping their, their rushing attack, and they did an effective job of it. I think that they didn't – what was it, like a ridiculously low number yeah, of rushing Miami only ran for 77 yards. Right. And because they did that, their bad secondary, Texas A&M's bad secondary, had so many wide-open holes. How many wide-open receivers did Tyler Van Dyke throw to? It happened very often he in that game, and that was really big time clutch he, throws in that game. He he did, but he was in a rhythm and was confident because all of those things were he was able to connect on a lot of wide open throws. My point is, is that game shows us that that was the wrong approach. Let them run the ball and then hope that he eventually makes a mistake, which he will. It's what teams do with Daniel Jones. Teams do that all the time with Daniel. You know Jones. who else had really bad games? Or I shouldn't say really bad games, but moderately bad games under Cristobal. Who? Justin, Justin Herbert? Herbert. No, 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 no. We, I, we're, we're not. I'm not comparing. No, they, there were multiple. What was what was Herbert's biggest flaw coming out? Just stay his, with me here. His there biggest flaw was his, it was a leadership character concern for and for turnovers. Remember, they said that he fumbled the ball. They said he had small hands. He fumbled the ball too much, and that he turned the ball over too much. I think it's a crystal ball thing, personally, but I, that's just me. I get what you're saying. Mm. If UNC wins, it's because Van Dyke screwed screwed the pooch. Okay, but as an overall team. Like, meaning everything around the quarterbacks, everything else, offensive lines, receivers, defense, special teams, dudes, outright dudes. Miami is a better overall team than UNC is. What I am banking on here, okay, mm -hmm. is that Tyler Van Dyke, although I do, I agree with you, is a, I'm going to say he's a little bit of a, a more of an above average quarterback, okay, because. Look, I watched Coastal Carolina. Thank you for the money. But I watched Coastal Carolina and App State last night. And I'm going to just tell you something. North Carolina, we, you said this the other week. App State's not a good football team. They're no, not they're a not. Good, they're not a good football team. Who did App, App State play this year? Oh, you're saying implying that they played North Carolina? Yes, they played and them close. They went to overtime. They not run the ball, and you got Coastal Carolina kicking their teeth in. Bro, they're kicking. And so my point is, you're saying let them run the ball. Joe, you ain't got to let them do nothing. They're going to take it from you. They're going to take yeah. it from you. 
I pro look. Drake May is going to have to be Superman, buddy. He's going to have to make throws that you're like, all but right. Here, here's the wonderful no thing. Here's the wonderful thing, though. He's capable of doing that, and, and he's he done is. it before. He's taken over games. He's going to do it again. He has, but I did now. The McCollum kid, he's a really good receiver. He had, I think, like 135 yards against Syracuse and like 165 something against Minnesota. I don't like teams with that much talent that get in bears because Joe Miami's on the is on the cutting board here. The hopes and dreams that they have are on the cutting board. And teams that usually are a dog in a corner, okay, having to come out swinging, I don't like I, I don't like it for UNC. And I don't think UNC's been tested like this. Okay. We got a lot to get to. Texas A&M and Tennessee. Let's go through this one really, 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 really quickly because we got to get to our picks. <sighs> Joe, I don't I, – I re in reference to – so Texas A&M goes to Knoxville this weekend. Tennessee is coming off a bye. And Texas A&M just lost to Alabama, which – by the way, if there's one thing that me and you have in common, it's the hatred that Alabama fans have for us. By the way, I mean, the comments Wait, are what? ridiculous. I don't know. They hate um, the I don't bother reading. Yeah, those they, they hate us. Man, I don't know. I don't know if this AM team's got it this week. I, I don't. What is this front? What is this Dean line going to do? Now, parts of this to me is one of the most intriguing games of the weekend because Joe Milton can't throw the football. Joe, they're having to run the ball at nauseum to win to win football games. Wait, so the, the, the funniest part about that, and I'm glad that you bring that up. So he's struggling. He's turning the ball over. His completion percentage yeah. is bad. The thing that uh, it doesn't make any sense to me, I'm, I'm watching the tape, and I'm like, why are they throwing the ball so much? They throw the ball like 30-plus times a game when you've got Joe Milton, who's a good runner, and you've got two really good running backs with Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. They should have 45-plus 40 rushing attempts amongst that entire well, they're, group. They're not, they're not that far. They're not that far. I think they have like 38 just, per game. They're not there's that just far. some drives, though, where they'll go like three, I, four plays in a row throwing, and they should stop I agree. doing that. But you know what? You know what? This is what makes Josh Heupel a genius and why I think Tennessee is going to win this weekend. I think yeah. that AM is a is a dying dog to some degree, pun intended. But you know what Heupel does when they're not running the football? He is going to put two receivers, four receivers out wide, they're going to play uh, – uh, I don't know, what would you call that? I, it's not a bunch, but it's kind of a bunch where the two receivers mm -hmm. are lined up right behind each other, and he's going to throw screens. You're like, you're going to have to cover it. Sorry, you're going to have to cover it. And then when you go out and you get out of the box, he's going to run the football. Tennessee needs a big win, okay? And I think that they're going to get it here. I – just don't like this for AM going on the road after a devastating loss at home. And there's a lot of chirping in Aggie land this week after Jimbo and this team lost. There's a lot of questions about him as a coach, even more now because of the way that he called that game. Joe, here's the truth. All week, you know what we should have been talking about? Let me tell you what we should have been talking about. Because we should have been talking about AM beating Bama because they gave that game away. They gave that they game away. And they, they got dudes all over the place. 
Brother, if Deion Sanders was at AM right now, they they'd be undefeated. If a better coach was at AM mm-hmm. right now, and I even throw Dion in there because it's his first year as a power five head coach. Any other coach in the country with that talent, they would be undefeated. And we'd be talking about a yes. one law Tennessee and an undefeated Texas AM. But I think that I think they're done. But the thing that gets me though, if AM's defensive line shows up and you put the ball in Joe Milton's hands, this could be a long game. Now, AM's not out of winning the SEC West. They're not. They're a one SEC loss. They could run the table and win out and go into the SEC championship game. It's very optimistic. It's very optimistic. Well, <laughs> I don't like saying that teams are dead, their season's dead, because it's not dead. It's just not. Mathematically, it's not dead. It will be Saturday, though. Yeah, we math's for nerds. We're not nerds. Come on now. Have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> okay, just because I wear the glasses makes me a nerd. It's not his fault. He's a nerd. I don't. Yes, think you're a nerd, dude. I think though that what you're saying, Texas A&M needs this win, but dude, Tennessee's th- Tennessee is not what they were last year. Tennessee's not a top 10 team, but they're still one of the better teams in a down year in the SEC. I think as they try to figure out this offensive identity, this is a really good week for them to do so, to figure out how they can really use the run game to galvanize the offense and stop setting up Joe Milton for failure. If Joe Milton throws the ball too much, it probably means that they're going to lose the game. If they lost the game, I could probably say, did he have 35-plus passing attempts? Oh, he did. Oh, he threw the threw a, threw a pick and had a fumble. Oh, yeah, it was because Joe Milton made some mistakes. He's not a bad quarterback, but if he's one of those guys that needs to be properly supported and everything needs to go his way and the run game needs to be moving. But as we saw against Florida, you take the run game out, he starts to overthink. He can't really see the field that well at times, and it leads to mistakes. I think what scares the shit out of me, if I'm Texas A&M, is how good that defensive line is. Dude, Part of me wonders so if good. Joe, can we th- take they are can we take a moment of silence for them being the best defensive line in the country and this team being complete ass? Number one in team sacks and <laughs> they're number three in teams tackles for loss. James Pierce Jr., I sent you a clip that I uh, that I pulled I up where he planted the South Carolina uh, offensive lineman with basically one arm what he did. That dude is a freak, and he's a true sophomore. Imagine if Tennessee had that defensive line last year. They would have well, been in that championship. Well, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. Tennessee defensively, they get after it. They're good. It's They're weird. Cool. It, it, so Heupel was asked this week. I don't know if you saw this. He, Heupel was asked this week, hey, why does everybody think that you're only a passing offense and you run the ball so effectively? And he goes, because they don't watch the games. <laughs> they run the ball, man. And I know your, our buddy Sean Anderson's in here. And he said I don't that know they, if that's my Sean Anderson. I was I was wondering that if that happens to be oh. another Sean Anderson. But well, can, sorry, continue. Regardless, they do run the ball effectively. I don't know. I, I think they're going to have to put the ball – in Milton's hands and make him throw it because I think this D-line is too good at A&M. But you know what gets me up behind that, though, Joe? Like, what really just – I can't stop thinking about it when I think of this game. Heupel's got two weeks 
Hypo has two weeks with Joe Milton to scheme up this defense. That I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I'm going to go to the Vols, and here's another thing. That game is in Knoxville. If this game were in Aggieland, I'd probably feel a different way. It's not. I think the Aggies roll. I mean, I think the Vols roll here, man. That's just me. But you want to get to the picks really quickly? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's talk about our good friends over at Homefield Apparel. We'll be right back. We'll give you our picks. There's a new leader in the clubhouse. Uh, uh. We're back next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best, without a doubt, premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan. Maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R U F F I N O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Something that Jane Daniels is going to hear in a couple months. But we have a new. Joe, can I just not be? Can I not just get excited for my quarterback being a Heisman contender? Uh, Matt Matt Sims did say on, uh, before we taped today that he thought that Jaden Daniels has been a better prospect or is physically a better prospect than Bryce Young was, and that sparked the whole debate. So Matt likes him. Ryan doesn't. All right, just throwing that out there. This is going to come out, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to seem complete bias. You know that I have a guy that was in my wedding that's been an NFL scout for about 12, 13 years. Yeah. He said the same thing. He said mainly due to the fact, mainly, based off of what we've seen from Jaden, just really quickly, mm -hmm. the way that Jaden can get out of pressure with his legs, you don't teach, right? That yes. was his main thing. He goes, Blake, we had the same – they had the same accuracy – uh, they think that Jaden has a bigger arm, okay, down the field arm than Bright. We're going way down the weeds yes. on that, but you know yeah. that I have a really good friend that yeah. I would that I would sacrifice my life for. That's been yes. in that business, and I trust. Him. By the way, so, throwing this out there, he literally drafted a first ballot Hall of Famer, two of them. So I'm just the, and not to like my take on on Daniels, and from what I've kind of heard, a lot of different people say in the scouting community, there are a chunk of people that like him. There is a fear that his ability to, to sense hurt. pressure, sense pressure and then handle contact is not good because his frame is really thin and he does not know how to avoid contact. That's the difference between him and Bryce. Bryce knows how to avoid it. And yeah, Jaden doesn't. Hurt. We'll talk about that. Right. There's a new leader in the clubhouse on these picks. I have overtaken Joe. I am 24 and 20. Joe yeah, is 23 yeah. and 21. 
Yeah. Don't forget that this 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 segment, excuse me, is brought to you by our good friends over at Home Field Apparel. Use that promo code Rafino Joe to get fifteen percent off. That's R U F F I N O Joe for your fifteen percent off. So Joe, on the left, we've talked about most of these games. We just talked about well, we talked about Oregon and Washington. I'm going with Oregon. You're going with Washington. I don't know. Do you want to rehash anything else on that one? No, I mean I I'm already bought in on that. As I've explained on this show before, I have to pick Washington because me keeping the stupid beard is contingent on that. So I'm sticking with Washington. Okay. I'm staying with Oregon again, to, talking to teams that can't run the football. Washington is one of them. We just mm-hmm. talked about Notre Dame. We just talked about Tennessee and AM. Joe and I both are going with Notre Dame and Tennessee. Oregon State and UCLA. I am going with the Beavers yet again. You are going with the Bruins. This was a toss-up for me, and I th- I think that what's gone under-talked about, UCLA's defensive line is really good, and I think if you can create some problems for DJU, they can get the bag there for, for UCLA. I think that – I think Oregon State's just too physical. I, I they are. Their offensive line's really freaking good. They're way fit too physical. And here's another yeah. thing. I got to see a little bit more from Dante Moore, Okay. Yeah. Well, Before, to be fair, they're they're winning games when he's played bad, which is really, you know, correct. Weird. But but you can't do that against Oregon State. You cannot turn the ball over against them. I think he has a couple of turnovers yeah. and gives Oregon State the win. I was really iffy on that one too. Miami UNC. We just got done talking about that. Joe's going North Carolina. I'm going Miami. Can I just say this for the record? and I was trying to leave it for the picks. I don't like that pick. I, I do not. I do oh. not. Like, no, I don't like it, but. I, I love how you you waited until it wasn't going to be in the clipped <laughs> segment that's going to be posted because the Miami fans are going to be all like, Blake's the smartest man ever. I, he's got great football knowledge. Joe's a big, dumb bozo. And then now you're, you're, you're backing off on it. Go ahead. What are you going to say? I don't like the pick for this reason. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, that that UNC has Drake May. So if I lose that, I'm like, yeah, I understand it. All right. <laughs> that pisses me off because that was literally my whole argument. <laughs> Oklahoma State in Kansas. Uh, I hate you I so much. I told you that I had a surprise with Miami and UNC. There it is. You anger me so much. The rest of the let's go through the rest. Oklahoma of the State in Kansas. Joe, I don't like so Oklahoma State last week, massive win. Mm. Gundy is really good in the month of October. Like wins crap yeah. load of games. By the way, he's like 90% at winning games in October. And Kansas doesn't have Jalen Daniels. Give me the Cowboys. I'm a little iffy for that reason. The Gundy's a good coach. I just think, though, that even without Jalen Daniels, this Kansas team's good enough to beat up on the mid-tier Big 12 teams this year. And let's just be honest, OK State's they've shown some signs of life, but that South Alabama loss, I think, kind of clarifies that's a middle-of-the-pack middle type team this year. True, but we've seen teams, Michigan, LSU, that have been beaten by group of five or FCS opponents that have won up and gone and played in New Year's Six Bowls. Sometimes... As people will say, it happens. All right, 
Missouri and Kentucky, we're not – look, we are going on the right side of this bracket, right side of this board. We don't agree on anything. No. Mizzou and Kentucky. I just don't think that Kentucky can score enough to keep up with the absolute megatrons that Missouri has on the outside. They don't have anybody in the on their team. There's nobody in the state of Kentucky outside of the city of Louisville that can stop Luther Burden. They Kentucky's offense or defensive pass uh, yards allowed is almost dead last in the SEC. Shout out to Vandy. The only reason that Kentucky's pass defense isn't the worst in the SEC is because Vandy's in it. That's not going to bode well for them. I just think it's a bounce back game. You got embarrassed against Georgia. You're pissed off. Ray Davis gets the the ground game rolling a little bit. This one's also a little bit more on the riskier side. I, I feel like these are I don't know what the lines are on them off the top of my head because I didn't Kentucky's bet on these this three week. Is a two and a half point favor, which basically it's a pick'em. It's a pick'em. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. These are most of these last ones are pick'ems, and I think it could kind of go either way. I don't think it's a lopsided one way or the other. I agree. God, please, sweet baby Jesus, because I picked Notre Dame, you give me these victories. Duke in NC State. Riley Leonard is out. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters one bit when I owed him because Mike Elko is my spirit animal. Give me the Blue Devils. I'm all in on Duke. I like Duke. I'm just, I fit this. I don't know why. I talked about gut feeling earlier. This is my one pick that I've got that gut feeling that they could show up and lay an egg and North Carolina State pulls it out. We'll sing. We'll see. Sing with me. I got that feeling. Inside my bones. What are you I'm doing? Not, I'm, I'm not going to sing with you. We're on a delay. That wouldn't have worked. I need a uh, new co-host. I am taking applications. Please send me DMs on Twitter with your full resume. Find one that can sing. <laughs> I know I suck at it too. Right. <laughs> See y'all Wednesday. I'm fired up for this weekend, Joe. Notre Dame, take the money line, take the points. It doesn't matter. The Fighting Irish are going to take it this weekend. We'll see y'all Sunday. Peace. Oh, yeah.